Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? In today's video, I'm going to be going through five players who are drastically falling down my rankings. So these are players who have underperformed their ADP coming into the season. And so I'm going to talk about how I valued them going into 2021. I'm going to talk about their first three weeks of the season and then where I kind of see them being valued throughout the rest of the season. So basically kind of how my rankings have changed. While you guys are watching this, if you're enjoying the content, please just hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. It could be about this video. It could be about waiver wire, trade advice, start sits, any fantasy football questions, drop them down below and I'll respond to every single person. But let's just get into the first player and it is going to be Jonathan Taylor. He was my running back 10 going into the season. And overall, he was being drafted as an early second round pick. His ADP was actually in the first round throughout most of the offseason, but it fell to the early second, you know, once we had injuries to Quinton Nelson and Carson Wentz. But there is no denying that he has been a major disappointment so far. He's the RB31 through three weeks. He's averaging 10.7 PPR points per game, and he has not found the end zone yet. So zero touchdowns in three games. I think that aspect of his production should be correcting in his favor. He's actually number two in red zone touches and number one in goal line carries. So it's pretty crazy that he has not gotten into the end zone yet. You know, I think you can kind of view that two different ways. The first one is that he's getting the opportunities. The touchdowns will come. The second one is maybe like, even though he is getting all those opportunities, maybe he's not the best goal line back. This offensive line isn't helping him a ton. I feel like it's somewhere in between, but he's definitely going to have his fair share of touchdowns when we look back at the season. But the second thing that's kind of limiting his production so far is that his overall volume is way down from the end of last season. So Taylor wasn't the workhorse running back all of last season. He really kind of took over as the clear number one in week 11. And over the last six games of the season, Taylor was averaging 19.8 carries per game. He's only averaging 14 carries per game this year. So that's almost a six carry difference. And overall, the Colts offense has just been much worse this year. They have taken a major step back. In 2020, the Colts were averaging 27.9 points per game. This year, it's only 18.7. And I mean, that's pretty apparent to why Jonathan Taylor's usage is down. If you're up ahead in games, you're gonna be running the ball to run down that clock. The running backs are going to be getting very involved. But if you're behind, you're going to have to throw the ball more. You're not trying to take time off the clock. So the overall lack of offensive success is not only going to hurt his touchdown production, but it's also going to affect that usage. And I just do not think he can be considered a top 10 running back anymore. I think he's more of like a fringe top 12 guy, somewhere in that RB12, RB13, RB14 range. But I do think there's a decent drop off you know, from maybe those top 10, 11 guys to Jonathan Taylor. I definitely think he's going to pick it up, you know, throughout the season, but it just doesn't look like he has that upside we initially thought he would have coming into the year. The next player who's been a disappointment so far is another running back, and it is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He was my running back 12 coming into this season. He was being drafted right at the fringe between the second and the third round, so a late second round pick or an early third round pick. And so far in three games, he is the RB37, 9.9 PPR points per game. And he really just hasn't shown the upside that a lot of people kind of anticipated from Clyde Edwards-Alaire, myself included. You know, I thought he could have a huge, huge ceiling and it has just not been there. His workload on the ground has been fine so far, 14.7 carries per game. You know, if someone told me that going into the season, 
I'd feel pretty solid with that. That's 10th in the NFL. You know, he's not a player who can only get his production on the ground. So I would say that'd be pretty solid. But the receiving work is something that I think a lot of people were banking on, and it has just been non-existent. Five targets in three games. Only five targets in three games. That is 46th in the NFL. And I think that's something where people could have expected five targets a game out of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. That is just not how they've been using him. And I also think people were expecting a lot of touchdown opportunities because he is playing on this high scoring offense. The Chiefs are averaging 30.7 points per game. And in those three games, Clyde Edwards-Alaire only has one touchdown. He only has six red zone touches, which is 26th in the NFL at the running back position. And he has zero goal line carries. So I think he's more of a mid-tier running back two moving forward, you know, somewhere in that RB17, RB18 range. But there is definitely a major difference between him and, you know, the players who had RB14, RB15, RB16. I think he's pretty firmly behind a lot of these other running backs. And I really think we kind of just have to accept the potential that we thought Clyde Edwards-Alaire could have in an Andy Reid offense with Patrick Mahomes is just not there. Mahomes just does not target him as much as we would like. You know, we've seen people in these Andy Reid offenses, LaShawn McCoy, Kareem Hunt, they've been great dual threat backs, and it just looks like CEH is not going to be used that way. So we really just have to reevaluate him. And I think it's more of a mid-tier running back too. Then we're on to a wide receiver named Allen Robinson. He was my wide receiver 10 coming into the season. I felt great about him. He was being picked as a mid third round guy, and I viewed him as one of the safest wide receivers you can find. That's really why I liked him. You know, he may not have that crazy ceiling because he's not playing with a top tier quarterback, but he had proven year after year with bad quarterback play that he could still put together, you know, very solid fantasy football production. But through three games, he is the wide receiver 70, averaging 8.2 PPR points per game. And there's plenty of blame to go around, but he is definitely not without fault in this situation. He dropped a 40-yard touchdown pass week two. Obviously, that gave him a big hit in that game, but I think everyone's aware that the bigger issue going on here is the Bears offense. The Bears are averaging 13.3 points per game. That's the second worst in the NFL behind the Jets, and the Bears have only passed for 400 yards in three games. That is so incredibly bad. And right now, I really think we only can view Allen Robinson as a bottom end wide receiver too. And honestly, that might be generous. This week four matchup against the Lions will tell us a lot. This should be considered more of a tune-up game for him. This Lions secondary is not good. He should be able to feast, but we still don't even know who's going to be quarterback. It could be Fields. It could be Dalton. It could be Nick Foles. It is still all up in the air. But if he goes out against the Lions and struggles, I mean, then you're just looking at a guy whose ranking is going to continue to plummet. Hopefully he can correct the ship. You know, maybe it's just been a few bad weeks. We've seen him operate on bad offenses before. It just really hasn't been quite this bad. So that's kind of how I view Allen Robinson moving forward. The fourth player here is going to be another wide receiver, Robert Woods. And I had him as my wide receiver 13 coming into the season. A late third round pick is where he was being drafted. And he was another wide receiver who I thought was supposed to be very safe. You know, Robert Woods had put together back-to-back-to-back wide receiver two seasons, so I figured, you know, he's basically locked into that. Plus, he has this newfound upside with an improved quarterback, Matthew Stafford, coming in. You know, he could really take the next step and finish as a wide receiver one, but he's really basically been a non-factor in this Rams offense so far. 
He's the wide receiver 52, averaging 10.4 PPR points per game. And Woods is no longer in competition with Cooper Cup for that number one role. You know, it was something that was debated. Is it Robert Woods? Is it Cooper Cup? You know, who's really the true number one? Is it a 1A, 1B type of situation? That's kind of how I viewed it. But I gave the slight edge to Robert Woods just because I thought they got him involved a little bit more creatively. He didn't rely as heavily on touchdowns as Cooper Cup did. But I mean, I was totally off on that. I had Cooper Cup as my wide receiver 15. I talked about him in yesterday's video. So they were close together, but I did give Woods the slight edge. And so far, his usage has just been very troubling. He's averaging 6.3 targets per game compared to 11 targets from Cooper Cup. He has a 20.4% target share compared to Cooper Cup's 35.5%. He's only running routes on 77.7% of the team pass plays. Cooper Cup is running routes on 89.4% of the team's pass plays. And this isn't just a production difference between Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. As you can see, it's production and it's just overall usage. It's not a fluke that Cooper Cup has put together three straight monster games and Robert Woods has been pretty underwhelming. And it's also not a situation where Woods is kind of being phased out and the offense is struggling. Like this Rams offense has looked fantastic. So why are they going to change this? They're third in the NFL in total points. They're fifth in passing yards. So this offense has been firing on all cylinders. And so I don't really think McVay is going to go out there and be like, oh, we really need to get Robert Woods the ball more. At this point in the season, why would he? So moving forward, Robert Woods has to be outside of my top 24 wide receivers. He's probably a high to mid-tier wide receiver three. He's still going to have success in certain games. And honestly, that's when I would think about moving him. He's probably still going to be able to bring back more value than he should. And I am dropping him lower than a guy like Allen Robinson because usage is not an issue for A-Rob. He is still the clear wide receiver one on that Bears offense. If they're able to kind of figure things out, then he could really break out. The issue here with Woods is that this offense has figured it out and they figured out that Robert Woods is not going to be a huge factor. So that's why he's kind of been dropped a little bit more harshly than A-Rob. But here we have my fifth and final player who is drastically moving down my rankings and that is Kyle Pitts. He's actually someone that I was much lower on than consensus. He was my tight end six, which I mean, he was in that tier with Hawkinson and Mark Andrews, but I viewed him more as like an early six round pick kind of behind those two players, but he was being drafted as a mid fourth round pick on underdog fantasy football. I thought that was crazy. And so far, my original assumption has kind of held true. He is the tight end 15 through three games, averaging 8.3 PPR points per game. And he's had, you know, some decent opportunities. It really just hasn't translated to results. He has an 84.9% route participation. That's number four amongst other tight ends. He's been targeted 17 times. That's seventh at the tight end position, a 15.2% target share. That's ninth among other tight ends. I do think he's going to continue to improve throughout the season. Like I think he's definitely going to be a locked in top 12, probably top 10 tight end. You know, rookies can start slow no matter what position they play. But I think at this point in the season, it is pretty clear that he was overdrafted. And moving forward, I view him somewhere in that like tight end seven to tight end 10 range. I think there's kind of a clear distance between Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, Hawkinson, Gronk, and Andrews. You know, you have those six guys kind of locked in there. And then there's a pretty decent amount of space. Then you have guys like Pitts, Higby, Thomas Fant, really in whatever order you're looking at. And so that's kind of how I'm evaluating him 
moving forward. But those are the five players that are shooting down my rankings through the first three weeks of the season. If you guys enjoyed this video, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. If you want to see the five players shooting up my rankings, go check out yesterday's video. I talked about some of those guys there, but thank you for stopping by and I'll see you next time.